Hi, I'm Emma, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. It's my mission to create easy to understand educational content about therapeutic skills and topics that anyone can use in their daily life. I hope these episodes bring you more insight into how your mind works and what actions you can take to improve your mental health. Each podcast episode comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professional. Now let's jump into today's skill. Grief, like all emotions, isn't just in your head. It shows up in your body in remarkable ways. But most people have never been taught what is common in the grieving process and how grief does show up in your body. And this can leave some people feeling stuck spiraling through endless grief and pain. When you learn how grief shows up in your body, you can be more equipped to address it and work through the process of grief and loss. In this video, we're gonna learn from grief expert, Dr. Dorothy Hollinger. She's the author of The Anatomy of Grief. We're gonna learn about how grief shows up in the body and what we can do to work through it. Now, I recently recorded an interview with Dorothy about how grief impacts the body, but unfortunately, some of the video files got corrupted. So I'm summarizing our conversation here. Uh, the full-length interview is on my podcast. If you'd like to learn more about grief and loss, I've collaborated with Sarah Engler and LCSW. She's another grief expert, and she created a short course, Understanding Grief and Loss. Right now, it's only $9, and the link is in the description. Okay, so first, let's talk about how grief shows up in the brain. When you first hear of an intense loss, your brain essentially perceives it as a threat to your survival, and the amygdala triggers the stress response, also known as the fight-flight-freeze response. Loss is an intense stress. People may fight, they may scream, yell, or get furious that someone is gone. They may flee, they may run away, deny the loss, or avoid talking or thinking about it. Or they may freeze, they may faint, or go numb, mute, or just shut down completely. Uh, this initial response is acute, but it eventually resolves. Okay, second, now let's talk about how grief affects the heart organ. Acute grief can stun the heart and result in broken heart syndrome. The intense emotions and the adrenaline from the stress response can cause the heart to physically swell and take an abnormal shape. Uh, the heartbeat speeds up and this can cause physical strain on the heart. Now, for most people going through grief, their heart can handle it. But for people over 65, there's a 21 times greater chance of a heart attack the day after the loss of a spouse. Some of you may have heard that after the horrible tragedy at the Uvalde school, the husband of one of the teachers who was killed there, her, her husband also died from a heart attack. This may have been caused by broken heart syndrome. Now, this, this was a really tragic situation, but for most people, these physical changes in the heart, they reverse after the acute grief period has passed. Now, as a side note, it's also interesting to me that intense happiness can also enlarge the heart, but it's a different part of the heart. Okay, now let's talk about crying for a moment before we discuss other physical changes during grief. So how do tears play into the grief process? Are they healing? It's really common for people to cry, to scream, to sob as part of the grieving process. Even other animals like elephants seem to shed tears when they're experiencing grief. There are three chemically different types of tears. 
basal tears, which are the regular moistening tears that happen throughout the day. There's reflex tears, which happen when there's an irritant, like when you cut an onion. And there's emotional tears. They actually contain protein-based stress hormones, one of which is leucine and cephalin. And it's related to endorphins and it's a natural painkiller. So the biochemical composition of tears is actually healthy and healing on a physical level. Okay, so what are some of the other ways that grief impacts the body? Um, number four is decreased pleasure. The physical senses like taste, touch, sight are no longer enjoyable. Food may seem tasteless. And, and this and the stress response can lead to number five, which is loss of appetite and difficulty eating. So the stress response slows digestion and diverts energy to survival responses. And it's very common for the bereaved to lose weight and to struggle to eat after a loss. For other people, the stress response can lead to overeating and weight gain. Number six, another common symptom is difficulty sleeping and insomnia. Number seven, the stress of grief can also temporarily weaken the immune system. And it's not uncommon to get sick after a loss, but also around anniversaries of the loss. It's like the body is asking the bereaved to address their loss. Headaches and other body aches are also common after loss. And just in general, when grief is overwhelming or the survivor is unable to face or process grief, sometimes that emotional pain shows up in somatic changes, in changes in the body. And this tends to be most common when survivors are suppressing their feelings, when they're masking them or attempting to avoid or distract themselves from the pain. They may feel numb or disconnected from their body. Um, Dr. Hollinger shares the story of a woman whose baby died and afterward she lost her sense of hearing. Voices sounded muted and indecipherable and she couldn't hear any sounds normally. But doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her ears. Uh, Dr. Hollinger continues in her book, she says, she didn't hear fully for as long as she couldn't accept the death of her baby. When she was able to admit that her baby had died, her hearing returned. As, as she put it, when her hearing came back, her grieving began. The bereaved mother had to detach herself from all sounds because she couldn't bear not to hear the sounds of her baby. Not being able to hear at full capacity was the path that Mrs. M's sorrow took through her body. Now, sometimes survivors don't feel like they're allowed to mourn because they aren't the primary person like a parent or a spouse or their culture or their status doesn't allow them to show grief. But suppressing feelings just doesn't work in the long run. So the grief may emerge as a physical symptom, which can also be a distraction from the emotional pain. But when grief is processed, when loss is addressed and acknowledged and accommodated, the brain can gradually make space for the new reality. Grief can become less intense or rather our ability to move forward grows, our ability to feel those feelings and continue on with life strengthens. So what do we do about these changes? I'm not gonna pretend that grief is some easy thing that can or should be fixed, but there are some things that you can do to help your heart and body work through the suffering. And these include exercise, uh, making sleep a priority, uh, good nutrition, and especially social contact. Be around people. Don't stop doing enriching and pleasurable activities, even if they don't feel good. Over time, you'll be able to enjoy them again. 
Okay, I'm really grateful for Dr. Hollinger for taking the time to share this information with me. I hope you found it helpful. Thank you for watching and take care. Don't be afraid of what you're feeling. Don't let your griefs scare you. Feel it. Allow yourself to feel that grief. And in feeling it, know that it will calm down. It won't go away, but it will calm down. And when you let it enjoy, it can coincide with grief and also be changed. Grief can be changed into joy with the memories of the loved one. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.